0: Welcome again to another exciting edition of the Southwest Climate Podcast. Emergency mini-pod. The mini-pod, yeah. We're, this is going to be an abbreviated edition. and I don't know I if just, we know how to do that. <laughs> I want to say, apologize outright for saying on our last podcast, before basically before the monsoon, that we'd uh, we try to uh, speed up our frequency or increase our frequency, and that didn't
1: happen, Mike. What happened? I, I You left town. Yeah, we both Actually, left I left town, town too, yeah.
0: We couldn't jive our our summer schedules, and uh, we basically haven't done a, a podcast since the monsoon began, June fifteenth. Mike?
1: Oh, so, yeah. Oh boy, we'll, Some, have to, we'll have to revisit that with sometime our in plan. July. It did actually start in sometime in July.
0: <laughs> so we're also uh, uh, recording this from a, a small recorder because we lost our our navigator Ben, who's traveling. Yes. So apologies for perhaps the worst sound. And if it's better sound, uh, I guess we don't need Ben. <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: say <laughs> sorry, there's, Ben. There's gonna be heavy editing on this, don't worry.
0: <laughs> but what we wanted to do is is just kind of do a a really briefish recap, get everybody up to speed, and then on our next pod we'll do a more thorough version and deconstruction of, of the monsoon. So again, apologies for not being able to talk about the monsoon during the our, monsoon? During the monsoon yeah. and our favorite time to talk about climate, it's been kind of a bummer. But but yeah. I think
1: we're right at the climatological peak of the monsoon season. So we're at the top of the hill of the roller coaster. Mid, monsoon downhill. midpoint? Monsoon midpoint. Yep. We're right there climatologically, So which has not served me real well this, this summer so far.
0: If it's all downhill from here, Mike, how much further down do we actually go?
1: <laughs> it's really true. How are you feeling about the monsoon?
0: I guess I should say that I, I, I was gone for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Corbin. not much happened. I know I
1: was I was gone from right about the official monsoon start date based on the old dew point definition here in Tucson I was I was gone right around 10th 11th 12th and I was back right around the 20th and I kept checking and it really nothing happened.
0: Yeah, I guess I would say I was thinking about this. I, I would say that a late start and a weakish monsoon just sort of, it has a positive feedback on me, it like makes me l- less interested in it. I know
1: I know. You know i i felt I felt that too, yeah, I felt it slipping away, yeah, the
0: excitement kind of diminished
1: it did, but it it so I think as we'll we'll recap on this uh kind of mini pod here is that it it was late. I mean the outlooks at the beginning of the month were they were pretty much right on, and, and was we called
0: that in the question
1: i was I wasn't buying it, and yeah. it clearly I should have bought it. it was late. And it, it has really struggled. It has really struggled to settle into both Arizona and New Mexico. And we're, we're kind of in the thick of it right now, as, maybe as thick as this monsoon's going to get. And I just keep coming back to, I think the last couple of years have just injected us with some unreasonable expectations for the monsoon.
0: Yeah, your recency bias. Um <laughs> so true. Well, let's, before we deconstruct what's happened, let me just do a little bit of an overview. Basically, there wasn't any rain during the during the latter half of of June. So I'm going to present some picture of, of, of July, and for the most part, all of Arizona, with the, with the exception of a, of a f- one or two areas, has been below average. If you look at the northern section of the northern half of Arizona, it's been in the in the in the bottom 10 percentile right. of Julys and then the, the southern half of Arizona has been you know below the 33rd percentile. So that paints a fairly bleak picture in terms of precipitation. New Mexico has been a similar story but really only for the western half mm-hmm. of the state and again the northern areas, four corners areas uh drier than than the southern areas. So that's rain and as one might expect temperature is sort of anti-correlated
1: yeah, inversely correlated. Yeah, I, I yeah. got that right. Yeah. <laughs> I had to think about that. <laughs> it's an antimatter um, matter. So, situation. when
0: it's dry, it's warm, and it's been that way. And let me call up. So, in terms of uh, average temperature, much of New Mexico and I'd say half of Arizona has been in the top t- 10 percentile. Uh, and all of both states have been uh, above average. Again, that reflects a lack of rain because you know yeah. rain brings clouds, brings evaporative cooling springs, quite frankly, cool sunsets and a whole bunch of other stuff that we like that just hasn't been there this, this year so far. So Mike, how did we get here? How do we, how do we get to that picture of, of July?
1: Let me just throw in a couple of station reports just to give us a sense of some of the actual numbers of the departures that we're seeing or the anomalies. Uh, in Arizona, it's interesting, I'm, I'm pulling up the data. So this is total precip from June 15th through August 6th totals. Kit Peak is actually uh, four and a half inches below average for this time of year. How much does it have? It has one point five six inches. Its largest one-day total is about
0: 0. 0.42. So that's twenty-five percent of average. Yeah,
1: so that's Ooh. that's pretty bleak. Um, there's a station and that's and
0: that, that's a high elevation. That's, that's where high the rain station, be. right? Yeah. yeah,
1: so it's a high elevation station. It's near Tucson, so it kind of points to you know Tucson struggling as well. So can I pause Uh, there
0: because that's interesting because normally to me, that would say that there just hasn't been a lot of moisture around because if there is moisture around and even if the other dynamics aren't in play, like there isn't the convective available potential energy or the wind wind fields are such that it doesn't favor valley rain, the mountains still get rain.
1: Yeah. We've got a lot of work to do on our next podcast to kind of, to pick this apart So I think in the, in the, let me just give you a couple more stations. We'll kind of come back to that point. Um, Nogales is about 2.7 inches below average for the period. They've had just a little over two and three quarters inches of precip so far. Flagstaff is about two and a half inches below average. So we're seeing, you know, both Southern parts of the state and pockets um, really struggling. And then Northern parts of the state, uh, Chino Valley up near Prescott uh, has had about half of the terrain at this particular station and they're about two and a quarter um, below average. And then um, if you flip it around, we look at the stations that are the wettest so far. So we were talking about this before we started. Ajo, wow. of all places, low desert, which is so it's like the geography of the patterns still isn't quite a hanging together in my head. So Ajo out in the southwest part of the state is uh, 2.9 inches above average. Had one day with two and three quarters inches of rain, that, and that was so, it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that put them put them but above. But even, even
0: without that rain, yeah, it still would have been above average. It still would have been above the average. average. That's through, right. Through today is is an inch.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And they've had almost four inches of rain. So we go we go back up to the northern part of the state, Kingman, which is up in the you know sort of the dry tier, but Kingman is a half inch above average. With 1.53 inches at their airport in total. These just
0: must be rogue storms. Right? They're
1: rogue storms. because So Kingman had 1.21 inches in one day, right? And so we've seen this just kind of uh, erupt across the southwest. A lot of very kind of pulsy, pocketed storms. We've been seen across the Tucson Basin. So the airport. What's the airport at right now? Tucson Airport. Yep.
0: One point three. One point three. And it, at this point, it's usually at two point. well, it's on average at two point eight.
1: So there are rain loggers um, about a mile away that have had three and a half to three and three quarters inches.
0: That's right. So if you like zoom in on on Tucson, the area that's fared better than all other areas has been sort of the the southwest part near near downtown. Right. Yeah, Tucson mountains around that around that area. Whereas everyone else, for the most part, we're talking around around an inch or slightly above or slightly slightly below.
1: Yep. If I jump over to New Mexico real quick, Cloudcroft uh, has a departure of five inches. They've had a total of three point six two inches, so should be up over eight for, for this time of the monsoon season. Roswell on the far uh, east side is three inches below. So we're a little out of monsoon country, but they've had just shy of an inch. But Deming is about three inches below average at about half inch. And then if we flip it around, we look at some of the wetter places. Keela Hot Springs, which I think was was my pick early on. That's um, right, our
0: monsoon fantasy, which we'll talk about on <laughs> which the we'll next talk about, yeah, the podcast,
1: has picked up more rain later on. So they're 1.4 inches above average. They've got about 5.3 inches total. In the and that's
0: in the higher elevations. Higher
1: elevations, yep. And then Clovis, New Mexico is about a half inch above average at about five inches. So it's kind of a mess to sort of characterize this monsoon season. I think overall, what we're seeing is the higher elevation stations are pulling away in general. Are seeing more precipitation, but the geography is still southeastern. More or,
0: precipitation than lower elevations, uh-huh. which is we which would is say what that about expect every to year. See,
1: yep, and then their percent of averages are slightly above the lower elevations. So in general, everybody's struggling. Higher elevations are getting some more of those uh, mountain hugger storms, and
0: yeah, and you mentioned at the beginning that this is the monsoon midpoint. Yeah, but with those numbers that you just read off, it would take a really epic second half to make up for those shortfalls. That's right. Like we're talking five inches in some places. T- talking, you know, an inch and a half in, in Tucson, yeah, I mean, I guess like on, uh, on those values, you know, maybe it's just a couple really intense storms can make up for that yeah. that otherwise wouldn't occur. So it, it's not out of the realm that, you know, we get a nice two, three week pulse of monsoon activity. Quite frankly, you know, we've been in, conditions more favorable in the last in the last two weeks and there Absolutely. has been across the state not here in Tucson for those of you who are tuning in for Tucson it's uh it's been basically missing Tucson but uh, across the state has seen many days uh in, in fact I think it's just one day out of the last 15 or 16 where across Arizona there was very little rain Absolutely. all the other days there was widespread coverage just not here
1: that's right it's just it's so hard to wrap my mind around it's it, it doesn't have this sort of easy like it's just not raining anywhere. There's this single cause that's sort of nuking this monsoon season. It's, it's just kind of a, an anemic start. And unfortunately, that anemic start is now lingering into the midpoint where we're starting to now kind of be on the, the trailing end. So I think to that point, the, the places that should have seen frequent rainfall from early July on are going to have trouble catching up. The lower elevation stations that have really wonky historical distributions, anyways anything's possible. And so I think we're still going to continue to see those sort of pulsy thunderstorms and some places will catch up, but that's because their distributions are just such a mess historically.
0: And I guess we should say that officially, according to a a dew point definition, at least here in Southern Arizona, the monsoon basically began uh, July 13th. Mm -hmm. There was some activity around the 7th and 8th, but the... The dew point wasn't uh, at a certain level for three consecutive days.
1: Right. And it, it that was a bit of a false start, too, because we had sort of the monsoon moisture boundary kind of move into the area, a little bit of instability set up. The precipitable water was way up, about well over an inch and a half at that point. It looked like a good onset, but then the westerlies kicked back in and scoured out of that moisture and it dried out. And that dryout required another rebuilding of the monsoon ridge and then the precipitation coming back in, which really didn't, you know, the, the climb back up precipitable water, you know, was, you know, through June 15th. And we didn't really even see a sort of sustained levels at what we would have expected to see in mid-July until we got to the later part of the month and to this week even right now.
0: It was kind of a surprising event that I remember reading from Mike Luthold's blog where he said during the 7th and 8th, I think, that there was really high precipitable water. And it was surprising that, we, at least in this area, we didn't sap any of, of, of that moisture and th- that it didn't rain. So yeah, I mean, we just didn't have other other conditions set up.
1: I, yeah, I can't, I can't quite remember. We did we did pull some of the data from the sounding from that particular day, and it looked like the afternoon cape on the highest precipitable water we had, and I, I think this is right around 7th or 8th, was a little less than 400 Oh, you're talking CAPE. I'm talking about actual CAPE, which I can't quite remember. the. So what's the CAPE? The units? uh, I think it's joules per kilogram.
0: It was of sufficient value or was it not of sufficient value? It wasn't. I mean, it was weak.
1: I mean, and again, it's, it's compared to last year. So this is the problem is that I keep comparing this year to last year. If this would have been like the third or fourth year of sort of average to below average, this wouldn't have stuck out at all. But I think the last couple of summers, I mean, just looking at the data from last year, we look across the entire Southwest by... August seventh, more than half, about sixty percent of the Southwest, including Arizona and New Mexico, was seeing average to above average precipitation. So that currently is at about ninety percent of the Arizona of Arizona and New Mexico are seeing below average, less than seventy five percent of average. Right, yeah. so that's just it's it's a different it's a different qualitatively uh, monsoon than it was was last year
0: i mean we should point out we've ha- we have had backloaded monsoons second half monsoons
1: we have yep it's the midpoint right yeah. and we start to now transition into the whole dynamics of the monsoon season start to shift around to right so the whole progression of the monsoon ridge it's sort of northern most extent climatologically coincides with the peak of the monsoon and so climatologically you now see the monsoon ridge retreat with every week as you go forward so that means that eventually you start and that's to see that driven limits. by the sun it is largely and again yeah. it's this so, is climatologically when yeah. you average all those years together so it doesn't it doesn't necessarily jive with every given right. year but it's sort of that background forcing is is there the weather is is going to actually come into play, which is why this year we've had we've we've just have, we had that the the weather pattern of sort of the active jet stream seemed to have messed with the subtropical ridge into early July. I'm not exactly sure why, but we did have we we've really seen the subtropical ridge struggle to set up, and by that
0: west. not basically north of the north southern west. Arizona. Yeah. And yep. When it's in that position, we're in under more favorable conditions for moisture advection into the region, and and also we can get these easterly waves that pass and create the the sort of atmospheric instability necessary. And for the most part, that ridge, while it has been in favorable position, sometimes has been more often than not in in a, a non favorable
1: position. Yeah, it's 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 continued to sink back over us, and and in addition to those factors that you talked about, the sort of mid level to upper level temperatures get warm. And so that's going to reduce our convective potential. What we really need is that real big, strong ridge across the Western U.S. with it the highest heights uh, north of us. And sort of we get into the sort of the cooler, wetter air, uh, swinging around with easterly waves on the southern part of that ridge. And it puts us in sort of that stagnant, deep, uh, moist air mass that we can play with in the monsoon season. And we've really struggled to hold on to it, and unfortunately, the forecast for next week is, it looks pretty fallish. So the
0: 8 to 14 day forecast, which it, actually would take us kind of to the, I mean, we're talking what, the end of
1: August. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, the eight, the next 8 to 14 days yeah. are kind of big. They The next 8 to 14 days, I know if it was like the 5 day forecast, which doesn't look that good either, but it, it puts us into prime time of moving us into sort of the transition period into the end of the month. Again, this is it's kind of the weather versus climate aspect of yes. this. And so this is that kind of mashup where you're trying to use the models at their extreme extent of their predictability. And what they're seeing in that model range is a suppression of the monsoon ridge. So the, the, there's some model convergence at that two-week period that the monsoon ridge is sagging south again, and it's going to put us in the upper-level westerlies. So the whole monsoon air mass is really going to struggle to... Be sustained here in arizona new mexico and it's going to sink south again the upside the only upside that i can see to this this whole pattern is that it's definitely more transition and the one of the long-term models if you play with it out in fantasy hours it's pretty much fantasy beyond day five but if you go out to the far reaches of it you know you got to like 10 to 14 days which i'd like to hang out and just play <laughs> with it and see what it is it, it spins up a hurricane in the southern gulf I doubt it that hurricane will be there later today when the model runs again, but it's just kind of reminds you that this well, pattern... Well, is, it is the season. Absolutely. And the East Pacific has been record quiet. In going into it with the May outlook from the Climate Prediction Center of an above average hurricane season, yeah, these. that's interesting too. I still don't know what's going on. And we should
0: also point out, related to that, that the struggling monsoon isn't just a fringe monsoon struggle mm-hmm. issue, that... Mexico, in the, the core of the monsoon region, ha- has also been a weak monsoon.
1: Yeah, Mike, Mike Luthal pointed out on Twitter that, that there's been reports of crop failures. And, and if, you've, if you've watched the, the monsoon um, forecasts across all of Mexico and look at the accumulation of precipitation, it's really struggled. And Mike was actually pointing out that uh, he thinks that that's, that's part of the reason that we've struggled is that, you know, you, you expect to see some of that moisture plume that's sort of building up the Sierra Madre to contribute to the northern extent of the monsoon, which is where we're at. And so if the whole thing is faltering, then we would expect to falter too.
0: So what would it take if, you know, we're now in a at a time in which the monsoon ridge sort of sags south. What would it take to pin it in a more favorable location for, you know, three, four more weeks?
1: I, it's, got, it's probably upstream forcing, you know, upstream forcing the jet to, to give it a wave pattern that would, you know, help it sort of set up in a, a favorable way. It's certainly a rebuilding... Do they have a, they have a machine for that? Uh, probably. <laughs> Isn't that what weather modification is all about? Uh, yeah, I know. And I, it's, it's... Like putting it's, a rock exactly into exactly stream. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a Rossby wave uh, generator. It's not a loss, right? I'm just... I think... I think this is becoming emotional for me. I'm becoming just sort of pessimistic to seeing it sort of hang out. And this forecast is bleak. The Uh, 8 to 14 14 day. So this puts us through August 21st. The forecast could be wrong. There's tropical storm interactions out at that, that time period that are certainly at play. We're still in the core of the monsoon season. So I think that that's still sort of a positive aspect of it. I do think though that these factors with the late onset, the struggle over the last, you know, week of getting sort of widespread events, this forecasting into it, it means that some parts of the state just may never catch up.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good bet, given right. given how how much below
1: average right uh, there is. Yeah, I, I think that that's that's just something we're going to have to come back to when we we talk again on the podcast, is to take a look at stuff and you know what does that actually mean? I think it you know it's uh, range conditions. There's still fires <laughs> mm-hmm. that are of, of a concern. You know, water f- that comes out of some of these summer storms in some of the locations hasn't been been falling. So that's going to have ecosystem impacts. So,
0: Well, yeah, and it, it, it also would interact to put more pressure on winter precipitation as well in terms of drought and, and those kinds of in, in, impacts related to it. So,
1: yeah, so we yeah. had that short-lived. I know we're having some, some chatter over some email today about reintroducing drought. Back in Arizona, so we you know we couldn't we couldn't let it we couldn't let it couldn't slide. Let it go for even, too I know long, for yeah. too long before we had to bring it back in. It's <laughs> very disappointing.
0: Well, there'd be a lot to talk about. I'm looking at the time here. We said we'd do a mini podcast for now, 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! A couple other things that I wanted to hit on is is and maybe we can talk more about before, but is 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 just thinking about well, what have been the missing ingredients because there has been crystal water around for the for the most part. There's been periods of convective available potential energy cape, which that dynamic instability, but but maybe not as much as other seasons. You know, the wind profiles are always challenging. I mean we had a few days here in Tucson, for example, where there were conditions ideal to our south, but the, the winds aloft were blowing from the from the south and it just like anvils covered covered Tucson, suppressed heating. So again it's always
1: it's always something.
0: Yeah, it's always something. It's it, and again it reminds you of how hard it is to, to, to get rain. And then you, you have rain one day and that sort of puts a lid on the potential for the next day. There's sort of these built-in breaks, which is why, I mean, we say this every year, but it's, it's worth restating, which is why that, you know, just one in every four days on average has, has, has rain in the monsoon
1: season. Right. And I think that we start cheering for monsoons that are widespread and everybody's winning But those are rare, Mm -hmm. right? Somebody's going to lose. Somebody's going to lose. And especially in these kinds of years, which are probably closer to normal than a lot of our statistics actually point at. How do we quantify that? uh, Which part? I I don't know. I mean, because we always come back to spatial maps, station data. But, you know, the monsoon is often ungauged in -hmm. a lot of locations. And I was just even, you know, we're looking at some of the rain log data across Tucson. I was in a precip event that dropped two and a half inches in less than an hour last week that made the Pantano run in the middle of town. I mean, it was just, it was epic, but it was so small and it was caught by a couple of rain loggers. It was even in between some of the flood control gauges and you saw the pulse and then the water was disappeared before it even made it out of They'd be
0: flagged by any quality control algorithm? Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's too that, small. That's,
1: right. It's it, And it, it didn't have anywhere near the airport. So, and we should talk about too, there's our colleagues at, the, at Walnut Gulch just published a paper with the Walnut Gulch. Long-term observe. observe. Uh, they're, they're a long-term agricultural research yeah. uh, site now. And their long-term monitoring network, rain gauges, they actually point out that you have to have that density of gauges to actually track changes. And they, they actually measured an increase in intensity in the monsoon over the last four years, which, right, which is, is one of the, counter to what the other papers have been saying, right?
0: But the right. This is this this is actually interesting because this paper, as you mentioned, had much higher density. Absolutely, the yeah, other ones potentially is, are missing. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's the stations we're using, you know. And we're kind of like sampling around. And just just the we're pointing out okay. here where Aho is winning, and it it does it shouldn't by our the way that we're thinking about the monsoon because it's way out in the desert and away from mountains. Right.
0: But when you don't have that high spatial density and you just have a a, a few stations, it's much harder to detect detect a a trend, particularly in a very spotty kind of rainfall situation that we have in the monsoon. Totally. The other thing that maybe we can talk about next time, but it just seems to me that when there has been rain, it's been not very intense.
1: I I agree with you too. And I I don't have... I mean, again, this is where the monitoring network becomes a bit of a problem. But even looking at like events across Tucson the last couple of days, the precipitable water in the morning is good. It seems to mix out and uh, surface dew points drop in the afternoon and then you get these kind of anemic storms. And we really haven't except, for, I, I just said there was that two and a half inch storm the other day, which was a great sort of localized storm, but not very widespread. But yeah, the, the totals have not been epic like yeah, so we've seen in the last couple of years
0: on that point uh looking at your plots mike at the tucson airport on average they get for every rainfall rec- recorded rainfall it's about a quarter of an inch yeah this year the eight that they've had have averaged a 15th of
1: an inch that's interesting that's yeah. good oh, i'm glad we put it in there <laughs> of an inch,
0: 0.15 of an inch right i said that wrong okay still less and then the other the, the final thing man we have a lot to cover but mm-hmm. the final thing is is and admittedly, I was gone for two weeks, so correct me if I'm wrong, but there hasn't been th- that, that nightfall ride.
1: Oh, interesting. Uh, and that to me is
0: a signal of, again, it's related to the position of the ridge because we ha- usually you have those uh, inverted troughs that create that instability at, at night. We don't need the, the sun to generate that, that, that lift.
1: Yeah, so we, we have seen, again, I, th- I think now that the way I'm kind of thinking about the monsoon is is everything's off by two weeks. And we have seen that Mm. the last week. Okay. And it's, and it's completely in lockstep with ridge position, inverted troughs and precipitable water in the background and having widespread enough convection where you're actually starting to see sort of um, leftover mesoscale convective vortices and just sort of broad scale, moderate rain kind of drift up. And that happened two, maybe three times last week. Okay. But it didn't really happen before that. And yeah, so was it's gone, just sort right? of a new thing. And it, yeah. it may be very short-lived. If this indeed forecast verifies over the next two weeks and we're back into the westerlies and the upper-level westerlies, we're back into kind of a transition pattern, we ain't going to see that.
0: Okay. All right. We should we should wrap up. So one thing that we'll do our next podcast somewhere at the end of this month, maybe the beginning of, of, of September, is we want to revisit our monsoon fantasy game that we 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 were testing out because both mike and i i
1: think i won the first period but it was such a sad win yeah
0: mike and i have picked stations and and uh and we're gonna see who's who's fared better who's picked right maybe we'll figure out how to make that game more more dynamic next time i think that's true it was a good Uh, first
1: first first try
0: you know by that time let's say beginning of of september boy we, we should have we should know at that time what Right. What the state of the monsoon will more or less be
1: like. I think we're we're gonna try though for a pod in the next couple of weeks though, right? Are we? <laughs> I think we are. I think we're gonna try to do long form.
0: Okay. Yeah. We can. Whatever. Do that. Yeah. yeah. Don't hold to us that. to that. Let's listen we'll try to. to. We'll We'll try to
1: do it sooner than later, and
0: it's just a matter of when Ben gets back. I That's think.
1: right. We'll need the editing help. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks
0: everybody. And Mike, it was good to chat. All and, right. Uh, looking
1: forward to it. Happy monsoon, Zach. All right.
0: I never pushed record.
1: Really?